Hi, all, and welcome back to Dame and All the Health. I'm Kelly Gibson, and we are here. Uh, I don't know, it's the 11th of December, um, and Tracy and I are doing a very fun thing today. We've been together all day long because for the first time in the history of the podcast, we are getting in front of a video camera today to let the world and the viewers real and the listeners really get to know us more. So we are in full hair and makeup sitting in this tiny white room getting getting this podcast done. And I'm Tracy Dietz. And Kelly Gibson looks <laughs> stunning. Like she's just unbelievably beautiful. I know we're not supposed to tell women that they're beautiful, right? That's the rule. We're not allowed to tell them they're pretty. Well, you're allowed to tell me. I am allowed. Uh, Often. There are going to be a lot of people today that probably (laughs) tell you you're pretty. You too, That's going to happen. I mean, it is funny. We went to get our makeup done and, um, you know, told the makeup artist who is amazing um, from the blue at the Blue Mercury in DuPont Circle that we were going to be in front of a video camera. So we have a shit ton of makeup on, um, of which I'm slightly more used to because of all the Fox News stuff. I, I mean, I think Tra- I feel like I've never seen Tracy We've been so glammed well, up. Well, and, and you she told, was in Beauty Queen. You told uh, you told her that you wanted to be a little more natural, and I was like, let's business glam it up. I could go to a ball or a boardroom, and she can. Tracy I, could go to I a ball don't or a boardroom. Think I could. Go to a boardroom right now. I feel I, like I do. I mean, uh, really? I mean, this is a you lot. get a lot of looks. I mean, this is when I've gone to I've gone to like business receptions on Fox News days, and people are like, they sort of like look at you twice, like what is happening on your face? Then they get used to it and talk to you like you're a normal person. So that's probably what would happen. No, I feel like you could walk into a boardroom. I feel like right now I. Not you could. It could just be the gigantic red lipstick, <laughs> which is super fun. Anyway, okay, pause. it's going to be a lot of fun today. I'm super excited to be on video with you and 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 do some interesting little interviewing and yeah. There's going to be some drinking and probably some eating. It's funny. It's a funny combination of Tracy and me. So we're going to film it at her stomping ground, her neighborhood bar. I'm going to get a 48-ounce jo- steak. Joe Stonecraft. And Kelly's going to eat my a team, small piece of fish. <laughs> my team's coming. My um, The editors that work with me during election cycle, who are also production professionals, are coming down from Philadelphia. And it's so and nice of them. Another uh, photographer who's a friend and does awesome work is going to is going to take the photographs, Anna, and my colleague Sarah and friend of the podcast in front of Tracy as I is directing. It's going to be really fun. So we're excited for you I can't guys to wait. see that. I cannot wait. Yay. Um, so today. I can't wait for this, though. This week. This is going to be uncomfortable. I think we should just jump right into the thing that's been at least at top of mind for um, our professional circles this week. It, very much in my circle. I don't know as much in your circle, but Politico which is, as most people know, is um, a business, you know, a political, professional political rag. Um, They, or a a woman named Abby, wrote this article where she interviewed 50 female political consultants uh, from both parties about what it's like to be a, a woman political consultant in this town, in this work. And and it's so many people are talking about it that other podcasts are talking about it and having her as a guest and raising questions. And and the response has been insane. Like some people, and at least in my world, some people are saying, oh my gosh, we've been waiting for this. And she, what, what amazing sort of deep dive that she did with all these consultants. It's so well sourced. It's so, it, it's exactly how I always feel. And others are like, what the fuck? This isn't even anywhere close to being the thing that people are feeling. She didn't go far enough. They said that the D-trip is doing a good job, but what the fuck? The D-trip is doing nothing. Like, there are levels of anger, and uh, it has sparked sparked a lot of conversation. My thinking is that there most certainly is sexism in the world. There's no question. 
My problem is that everything in that article is anecdotal. And, How, and you versus say, what? Like actual proof. Like somebody did not get a job because they were a woman. 100% fact, nobody got this happened because they are women. It wasn't because they weren't as qualified. It wasn't because uh, maybe their presentation wasn't as good. It wasn't because they had less experience. Like Nobody is taking those things into account. So if it is, listen, this is a woman that had 40 years of experience and has done 800 campaigns and went up against so-and-so who had 10 years of experience, and then she lost to that guy, that's a different story. And that's not what this article, how this article was written, which I struggle with a little bit because I think it is important if we are going to say that people are sexist and people are holding us down, which sounds whiny. I know. I don't need to say that. But that we're being held down because we have vaginas, then there needs to be empirical evidence that that is actually true. So there is some of that in the article. First of all, it's all anecdotal because it's anecdotal, because this woman interviewed 50 humans and sure. asked them to tell their stories. So the the premise of it is anecdotal. It's qualitative. It's It's storytelling. But there is one Democratic consultant in here that talks about how one of the biggest problems was there's all sorts of problems about women getting pitches, getting in the room, getting in the networks, getting the opportunities. And then the second piece of it is that when you are having your voice be held as important or as valuable as others in the room. And there's a bunch of things in here about how younger men with less experience were taken more seriously or heard with a louder sort of emphasis than women that have done it their whole lives. And so... I think that is your that's your proof about there were a lot of them or there was one situation. I think there was two. There was a congresswoman, a former congresswoman and then a a, a political consultant in there that was doing that. I mean, there was a the other the other thing which was really interesting was the whole thing was started off with the manager for Beto O'Rourke, who's a woman who'd never been a manager before, never worked in politics before. Right. Here's my problem with her complaining that she didn't have a female mentor that had held the same role. Right. Why wouldn't you just find a female that had run a Senate campaign or any campaign? And and why did it have to be a female? That's where I get lost on the... That didn't have to be, but it's so much easier. I prefer getting advice from women more than men. Because they have a different perspective and they know totally get can it. more identify with the challenges that I'm ex- experiencing based on the person I am, not not only the work that I'm doing and the people that I know. You can talk about things that are more relatable if you're talking to somebody who's more relatable. And I think the problem that she couldn't find one was that's super fucked up that yeah. we, there hasn't been a woman that's run a race that big. There has been. She was just on the Republican side. Right. Well, you're not going to get advice from somebody from the other side of the aisle. No, but it's, it's just, not strategic. It's, it's funny that it was the Republicans that, and they that, brought are that, up the in there. that are taking the lead on this. And They talked about Kellyanne in there, that the Republicans yeah. turned on Kellyanne and didn't give her the credit that she was due for being the first ever woman. They did. To, they offered her the chief of staff role and she didn't take it. I think this means like anecdote, like culturally. She's not like the I, the, the Democrats didn't give her. Well, if, no, if, of course. Right. It's less likely the Democrats right. are going to give her a chance right. than the Republicans. Right. So... This has been sent to me by a whole bunch of people, including my husband yesterday, who said, have you seen this? You should talk about it on the podcast, which props to my husband for always looking out for us. But Love Caleb. He, he was talking about this one particular line um, at, towards sort of towards the end of it about how hope, hopefully there are enough newly elected officials, mostly, you know, predominantly women who are so new to it, they don't know that they're not supposed to hire girls. 
Like that was a a quote from somebody in the article, which is anecdotal for sure, but but the idea that it's it's known enough that there are these expectations of who you hire and when you hire and why you hire and there is so much sort of intrinsic evidence that men get hired more than women, that the only way women get hired is by bringing in people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. So if if the problem now is that women aren't willing to hire women, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. women are, I mean, you want to talk about a, a great problem amongst our generation, I believe, is women. We are doing a terrible job of lifting each other up and moving women forward and teaching women and educating women on how to be in business and how to get those meetings and how to sit through a pitch. Because we believe that there's only room for one woman at the table. That is the biggest thing that fucking bothers me. Right. For sure, for sure. Right, right. So as much, so here's where I get super sensitive about this. I know. I love when you're sensitive. Oh, shut up. (laughs) So we talk. So this story comes out. It frustrates me because I'm like, fuck, we sound whiny. Like we're whining. Oh, it's we're so sexist. Everybody's sexist. Nothing. I can't get work because everybody's so sexist. Like all me. It sounds ridiculous when you clearly went out there and got some fucking work this cycle. You clearly went out there and kicked some fucking ass. So there are women out there that are killing it. But I did not kick nearly as much ass as my male media consultant counterpoints and but many who are, are not as experienced. I knew mm. you were going to bring that many up. Many are older than you. Many, yes. But the ones that I, I'm not going to name names, but there's a whole bunch of new crop of men that went to join. It could be that they joined bigger firms, but the person that was on the call, the person that was hired, the one that was writing the scripts had far less experience than I do. Yeah. But their networks are wider. Why are their networks wider? Could because of other professional decisions they made, other jobs they had before they were media consultants. But and and you use this word whiny. I I don't agree with you that this this did not feel whiny to me. This felt like these women wanted to tell a story and they were saying things that were clear cut. There were examples. I mean, they're, yes, they're anecdotal, but there were reasons women from both sides of the aisle decided to come to talk to this woman. Actually, interestingly, half the women did, said their names and the other half did not because you know, and I don't know what I would have done had had I been asked. Um, which I was not. But the article closes with this line, which says, quote, what if it isn't just that women are excluded from lucrative leadership roles in campaigns? But what if the end result is th- is this, that there are fewer women in the United States Senate? Wondered a male Republican consultant. It never occurred to me. Never occurred that there's some sort of pipeline about women in significant roles, women in leadership roles, the roles of elected officials. Well, there it's it is a fact that there are fewer women working in politics than there are men as a whole. So, from from a representative perspective, we may actually be getting the right number of jobs to our representation in the industry as a whole. We might not. I don't know. I don't know the statistics, but there think, are fewer. I think women. the answer is now. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I think about the amount of races that I had. And the amount of manager, female managers, uh, I only worked with one female manager and we probably, you know, what do we have, like 10 or 12 different 
I guess, two female managers. So, so I can't name all of them, but I feel like there are a number of Republican women that were managing races. Betsy sure. Anke with yeah. Routner, Routner in, in Illinois, um, who also did the Senate race in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. She won an award because she crushed she it. She killed it. Yeah. She freaking killed it. She won it. with no polling. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there are, I think, no, there a are lot of women some out there. Women, but the idea that we can still name names and count on one hand is sort of fucking crazy. There was thousands of campaigns. I mean, I think that the I think what this is trying to shine a light on is there, especially especially right now in the midterm elections, more women won than ever. There are more women in Congress than there's ever been. Um, women voted again. Suburban women came out. Uh, women of color came out. Republican women came out, which is all great. But there's still this disconnect between who's running and leading campaigns. And what is the outcome we're trying to achieve? And how many, why can't? Why are we not saying you're a woman? We need women voters with women members, and so you, your voice does in fact matter more than your male counterpoint because you're the one that understands women. How many women running for office hired female campaign managers? I think I think a vast minority. I mean, we could come back with that information, but what this article was describing was there's no pipeline for women. Like, we're not engaging. It's, it's described in this article, and we know it from living it. It's not an easy business to be in. It's long hours. It's high stress. It's last-minute things. You know, I get a lot of tu- on Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, I have to fly to wherever to do this thing. And if you're a, if you're a married woman, if you're married in general, but specifically if you're a woman, you have kids— you you have to say to yourself, I really like this work. I really want to do this work to make that, right. you know, sacrifice. And I'm not whining. I'm just describing the reality of it. So a lot of women are sort of pushed out, not to mention that managers and all those people don't often get benefits. And, and you don't think it's coverage. fair that they get pushed out because I don't think it's fair. I think I if, mean, we you make want choices. Rep- if we want representative voices in our government, right, but this you is make all choices, part of it. But you have to make choices. Some jobs really suck. <laughs> but but <laughs> And the- you have to make that choice. Do you want to stay at home and be married and have kids and take care of the kids at home and have a job that is uh, more conducive to that lifestyle? Or do you want to be on the road all the time and be single and travel from place to place? That's it's not a matter of being fair. It's a matter of choices. Right. But I think that so fine. Say say it's choices and say that that is an easier decision for a man to make than a woman for a whole bunch of cultural reasons. Then we have men running campaigns for men running for office. So we have a government represented by the minority of what there's more women than men in this country. So why wouldn't we make efforts earlier on to say not only is it in my opinion, the right thing to do, but it's the important thing to do to make it so right, women's voices are So now you're talking important. about changing an entire industry and in yeah. the way that campaigns and, and, and things work. I am. I mean, me and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Crazy. <laughs> Who's taking it, taking it to her colleagues Everybody gets days. $15 an hour. doesn't matter what you do. Everybody's guaranteed $15 an hour. That's going to work out She, well. I mean, yeah. she is blowing that shit up. I mean, you do it, girl, for as long as you can. Yeah, she That's is, what I have to say about her, that. Her, philo- her policies are destructive uh, to the United States. I think, well, States, not a single one of them has been implemented yet, so time will tell. I but you want to know what? She was elected by the people she represents, she which is how this works. Good for her. Yeah. She will that not is- get anything passed. <laughs> But good for her. I uh, I am happy for that. I sort of wonder, it, just back to this political article, just to wrap it up, I sort of wonder if there will be follow-up, if there'll be a second one. Um, like I said, it has a, it has created the need for a, more questions, a, a bigger unknown about that space and those people. And, you know, I feel like 
When you say this sounds whiny, so much of my growth, my personal growth in this work has been trying to walk the line between proving that I'm a important member of a team because of who I am, my gender, my perspective, my, you know, my age, all that sort of stuff, my ambition, but also trying to play the game because you know, but you everybody, everybody, but everybody has to play the game. But this article is saying we got to change a fucking game. Or at least one piece of it is we could change the game and it could change the outcome. Sure. Work harder, kick their ass, be better. But I think that that's not the change that they're talking. I mean, I, what you no, just of described. Course. They want to they want to they want to change the whole game. I, this is this is where I feel like we lose all our power. When we scream sexism because we didn't get something. I don't think that's what's happening. It it may not be. I'm not talking about this article in particular. I'm just saying in general. When we scream sexism, when there's no real proof that Richard didn't not hire me because I'm a woman. He didn't hire me because there was another person that was more qualified for the job and had 10 years more experience or or whatever. I, I think we lose power collectively as women moving forward when our default answer two things is it's sexist you didn't get promoted because everybody's sexist you didn't get that meaning because people are sexist i'm not saying we don't talk about it i'm not saying it's important and i'm sure as fuck not saying that people aren't sexist i'm saying that there are there are many sides to every story and we should be telling stories that encourage us to be better and help us and each other move forward. So part of what this is saying is not is not that there's conscious sexism. In fact, that there's unconscious sexism, specifically in this business when it comes to networking and um, and helping people get work, you know? So I think that like what what one part of the article was, so somebody calls up such and such firm because they're a really big deal firm. They've been doing tons of work to say, can you do this work? They say, no, I'm conflicted out. But you should call A, B, and C who could do this work. And A, B, and C are all dudes. Because A, B, and C has been on campaigns with original guy for forever. But A, B, and C and original guy all have the same perspective on this campaign because they've all worked together. Like there's no new thought or thinking. So if it was A, B, and that's Z. that's recommending their friends. Right. But yes. that, so that's the piece of it. That not that they shouldn't, ha- not that they shouldn't be allowed to recommend their friends, but that the person doing the hiring should, should do their own due diligence to bring in different voices. So I, I don't want to bring up Kavanaugh, but I want to bring up something that I heard over the weekend, because I think that a lot of what we're talking about is also generational, specifically with women. You look at us, you and I, and sort of our counterparts, I feel like we are all trying to be better and do better and get more women involved and hire more women and encourage women and help women and all of that. Yeah. Uh, I think that a different generation, an older generation of us is different. And I met a woman this weekend who is conservative, and she was telling me a story that she was at the Trump Hotel in the midst of the Kavanaugh stuff, and there were two women— probably in their 60s, maybe 70s, sitting at the bar having a drink. And they were chatting about the hearings and what was happening on the television. Mm -hmm. And they made the comment that they could not believe what they were doing to that poor man. I know. I want to put my and, boots and I, straight up their ass. And, well, it, it, right, gets, like, it gets better. Touch their nose. And so she starts talking to them. And then she finds out they are Democrats. No, I I think yeah, I think yeah. So I d- I just bring that up. Not but that they I were Catholics. 
I mean, nothing against matter. Catholics. I'm just saying well, there is. He's totally not voting with the Catholics, by the way. So that's going to that's going to be fucked for everybody that was hoping that. But anyway, there is there is something in that sexism. generation. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Because, totally. you know, Christine Ford was crazy. Look what they're doing that to that poor man. I think and that it's, it's generation. Terrible. And so and so I think that us and our counterparts that are coming up are going to automatically change. I don't, there doesn't have to be that, some major. I think that's part of it. I think like this article wouldn't have come out. Right. 20, well, whatever. This some article appro- is important for women. Some This article is is more important for women than it is for men because. It's getting us We talking. need to make, yeah, right. We totally. are the ones, if we want change, which you talk about, we have to make our own change. We have to do it ourselves. So speaking of good transition, I know you didn't even mean to do it. But we didn't even today, fight over that. That was good. Uh, I could have. See, it's because I have a face full of makeup. I'm feeling kind. But um, I. <laughs> that wasn't nice. <laughs> I don't want to smear my uh, fake eyelashes. I don't know. You think I was um, going to like slap you? <laughs> like, what do you even have? I'd be crazy. I don't know. When Sometimes when we argue, I get all sweaty. And then the thing that's going to melt off my face. Um, your transition that you didn't even mean to do. Women need this is important for women because women need to help each other on and on and so forth. There's a great article. It's not new. It's from August in, um, that I saw on a blog. Um, I went to this really cool meeting a couple weeks ago. I met a woman that writes a blog called Girl in the Bay, and it's a really cool blog. And I was looking through it, and and she reports on sexism. And so there was this article in Parents Magazine from August, um, written by Steph Curry. So women advocating for women, but this article and what Steph Curry and so Steph Curry is a man. He is like the best basketball player in like forever, like him and so LeBron he's, or he's whatever. Not, he's right. like he's, he's broken just, all the records. He like he he's had one girlfriend, wife. They have a they have two daughters. He's sort of like just a really good, nice guy who's also like really really good at basketball. Right. So he wrote this article through the lens of being a father of girls, and his whole perspective is it's time for men and dads to step up. Like mom and girls and women have been fighting this fight about equality for a long time. And they'll continue to fight is aggressive, have been sort of, you know, debating with it and navigating it and all those sorts of things. But Steph Curry says it's time as fathers of daughters to be doing things differently. And so he says, with Aisha and I suddenly seeing things through the eyes of these daughters of ours, you know, I'd be lying if I did admit that the idea of women's equality has become a little bit more personal for me lately and a little more real. I think it's important that we all come together to figure out how we can make that possible as soon as possible, not just as fathers of daughters and not just on Women's Equality Day every day. So I don't know what Steph Curry was like before he had daughters, but I think it's this really interesting example of uh, a prominent masculine man. I mean, he's in the fucking NBA being like, it's it's time. Let's let's join the fight. Let's do this thing. So you have a husband that is super supportive. Yeah. And really, there's no gender roles in your house. Correct. It's really not a lot of gender roles in my house. I mean, my husband spends far more time at the dance studio than I do (laughs) taking them and dropping them off. Uh, he doesn't do well all with their hair, and he can't do their makeup. But it is it's probably better for both of them. <laughs> it is not uncommon for there to be tons of dads at the dance studio because the moms are working. Like, well, where I live, it is just commonplace that women are working, executives outside of the house, or just working outside of the house, and men are, are picking up the responsibility of who's got this, who's got... You know, they do the dishes, they do the laundry, they they do all the things that 
from a gender stereotype women typically do. And the women oftentimes are fixing garage doors or doing things do that, that are are typically more yeah. I totally do that. More mass more ma- more male type activities like yeah. the taking Tra- the traditional trash out. Right. Yeah, man. Right. So I think there's one thing to be to be making decisions inside of your family or inside of like a social scene and then there's a second thing to to stretching that out and taking that into professional space. I, I would like to think that my husband advocates for women as hard as men in his job. I have no reason not to say that. But I don't ask him, are you with intention making sure that you have voices at the table? I went to this meeting recently, this one where I met this woman with this blog. And a panelist said, um, diversity is asking different kind of people to the party and inclusion is dancing with them. So it's about are you – are you not just saying the best person wins? Are you saying a diverse group of people makes a product better? We've talked a lot about this right. in the podcast that bottom lines are more lucrative, that companies are more successful when there's diverse voices. So I think that I, – I think well, – I hope what Steph Curry is saying is it's time we sort of pay attention to the vastness of equality and take it out of the home and advocate for it, which is – brings us back to the first conversation we were having, which is it does not in my in my business, there's a lot of talk about having a diverse group of voices, but the action steps around it are not as it takes more work. All of it's that is work. All of that is true. But I also think it's important for because I have two girls, for them to see their father totally in roles totally. that don't make us different. I mean, there's there's no difference between Dad and mom. Totally. Well, except for how we discipline. Well, in my family. <laughs> uh, we're we're pretty Our similar. Style. We're we're I mean, we're both pretty similar on that. Yeah. But they don't like daddy will take him to dance. Like totally. that's not mommy's job. Totally. Somebody's gonna get him. They always ask who's gonna be home with us today at three when we get off the bus. Who's yeah. gonna be home today? Usually so, it's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was there yesterday. Um, this That's are, right. So Steph says, women can and should advocate for themselves, but men also need to use their privilege to give women opportunities to shine. And then he goes into a football thing. Consider San Antonio Spurs assistant coach Becky Hammond. She was the first full-time it's a basketball female. player. San Antonio Spurs or basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a basketball team. But this oh. is a coach, oh, okay. Becky Hammond. She was the first time, first full-time female assistant coach in the NBA. And was famously hired and championed by legendary Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. So he's just saying that they're that, like I said, it's more work. Like this guy Greg Popovich probably could have easily hired a hundred dudes to do that job, but said to himself, like this Becky woman undoubtedly is is great with basketball strategy, but also it's a risk to hire the first full time female assistant coach in the NBA. Why is it a risk? Not if she's because qualified. nobody's done it. Not if she's the qualified. first of anything is a risk. You don't think that guy got some shit? I don't know. I I maybe let's call up Steph Curry. I, bet, I don't know. Or Becky Hammond. I still, maybe she can be on the show. I still go back to if if little girls think that they are completely equal from the time they come out of the womb, then that that actually that is the change you really want long term because they won't they won't think anything is different or make assumptions or or be in a way that's oh well men would be better in that job. Yeah, they would just assume that everybody's equal and they would just hire the best person. Yeah, you and I come together a lot about the future. We just differ a lot about the now. That's alright. Like eh, yeah, that's good. Which is the you know people I've, I've it's there's a famous saying. <laughs> I believe the children of the future. <laughs> 
Te- teach, teach, them teach them well. well. Let, Let them, them lead, the, lead way. the way. Show them all the beauty they possess. Inside. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, we didn't do a button today because we got our own the button, button is the, the promo is the champagne and the makeup and the hair and the pictures and the we're really excited too for you guys all to see a different side of Tracy Dietz and I. Um, so we will let you know when when all that is ready to be viewed. It's super exciting. Yay. I almost like I just I I almost feel like I need to just Google sexism really fast just to no, say like the it. first thing. Don't I just I just want to know. Like no, she can't help herself. I can't I can't she even just, help it's like it. podcast day. She's like, I haven't Googled sexism today. It's it's not a good day unless I Google sexism. Right? Like what doesn't everybody else just sit around and Google sexism? That's not what people do all day. I feel like after you Google sexism, you just yell at your phone or your computer for a while. I think like it's, you know, it depends. Like Sometimes it, like, it's it entertaining. Feeds you as much That's as it, true. it drains you. Somebody asked me last night. So three dudes came up to me last night to talk about how much they love the podcast. There was like an industry party last night that I did not go to, but right. actually Richard and Tracy went. So yeah. So no. three guys, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um but one of them said, Are you wearing the dress? Like the dress from the from the thing. Can I touch you? Oh, yeah. that's funny. No, he didn't no, ask no, that. No, he no. wasn't mean like that's not what I'm. That's not what I meant. But yes, yes. I know what dress you're talking about. So he about, was yeah. like, he's like, I had heard about that, and he's like, I love listening to you guys talk about it. It's great. So and it was, was kind of oh, awesome. That's really so. nice. Also anecdotal, but I'm going to take it as fact. It's not anecdotal. <laughs> like it, there was a fact. I had a conversation with him, and he said these words. Much that like that political fact. article. No. <laughs> No. Now, if I said Tracy's buttons are big today, I, think, I shouldn't push them. You know all. what? If he had said, you know, uh, if I had made the assumption based off of our conversation that he thought you were a bitch, and I told you you were a bitch, yeah. then that would be anecdotal. Yeah. Uh, well, that is, <laughs> you're the bitch. You started. You're the me bitch. Shit about facts, bitch. Oh my god. All right. Well. Um, <laughs> It's been real, Tracy Deeds, and we still have today. so many hours together. I know, we I'm have so a excited lot of hours. For this giant steak. <laughs> I can't wait to like interview now. It's gonna be so good. I know. We just needed to get her a little drunk for her right, to just be a ready little bit today. I love you yeah. so much. I love you too. Awesome. Thanks so much. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks all. See you next week. 